0: Welcome to America's Favorite Wellness Hour, Healthy by Nature, with certified clinical nutritionist, Marty Whittakin.
1: Hello there. I was really tickled today driving in to see the wildflowers are out here in Central Texas. Blue bonnets, evening primroses, uh, some Indian paintbrush, some dandelions, which unless you're trying to fight them in your yard, are very pretty. Just for grins, last week, I asked artificial intelligence to write a blog for me. I made it about chocolate, and I didn't want to trust them with anything too, you know, do-it-yourself brain surgery or anything, and it wasn't too bad. I had to ask a second question about contamination of chocolate with heavy metals, and of course, I added my own comments. It was kind of fun, and it did save some time. Unfortunately, I had to use that time to rebuild the usefulness of my computer after the geeks at Best Buy cleaned it up and made it like new, which is to say, naked, of all my programs, personalizations, and shortcuts. At first, I felt very slow, like I was trying to do my work in Klingon. The newsletter had a good update about um, if you've been seeing the advertising for COVID boosters and maybe even getting pressure from your doctor. Before you go that route, please be an informed consumer and read an article I linked to in the newsletter by Jane Orient, MD, about the doctor's group says to recall the vaccines. In these little segments while we wait for some stations to finish the news, lately I have been on a rant about TV commercials, especially those about drugs. Because in most cases, naturopaths, functional medicine doctors, and even integrated physicians have non-drug methods for solving the underlying cause of the problem and without the scary side effects. Uh, speaking of side effects, uh, I've, several of them say, <clears throat> oh, don't take this if you're allergic to it. I want to know, how do you know you're allergic to it until you take it? And what if your first clue is you're in the emergency room with anaphylactic shock? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. I just think it's curious. Today, we're going to talk about herbs, which are frequently a part of the non-drug solutions. Um, speaking of TV commercials, there's one where a couple opens their medicine cabinet and see Mike Lindell, the owner of My Pillow. I find that pretty creepy, but then... I think it only airs on Fox, so probably a lot of you have not seen that one. Um, in the paper, there was a picture, now that baseball has started up again, uh, there was a picture my husband pointed out in the sports page from 1923. It was Babe Ruth meeting the president. And the funny thing was the entire crowd, all of the spectators, were men wearing suits and hats. And I'm just thinking how different that is today. Um, I don't know if it's better or worse, but um, (laughs) golf is back. And I sure would love to be a good player in a game where the prize for second place was $2 million. That reminds me of a funny story about my dad. Um, It'll have to wait for another time though because we ran out of seconds. We'll be right back very shortly commercials from our wonderful sponsors, and we will be back with Mark Blumenthal.
2: Wouldn't you like to eliminate bacteria, odors, dust, pollen, pet dander, and other allergens from the air in your home and office? There's an important difference between a low price and a good value. For example, a cheap vitamin supplement becomes expensive if it doesn't work. Nutrition expert Bill Sardi wanted to have a multivitamin that reflected the latest science. That meant better absorbed forms of essential vitamins and crucial minerals like zinc and selenium in the doses that studies showed were beneficial. He could not find that in stores, so had to design one. Molecular Multi. It is so complete that most people can save money by cutting several bottles out of their supplement program. Better yet, receive
0: Welcome to America's favorite wellness hour, Healthy by Nature with certified clinical nutritionist Marty Whittakin.
1: Welcome to Healthy By Nature. I am so pleased and honored to have with us today Mark Blumenthal. He is an internationally respected herb expert. He's the founder and executive director of the American Botanical Council, also known as ABC. ABC is an independent nonprofit organization dedicated to disseminating accurate, reliable, responsible responsible information on herbs and medicinal plants. He's also the editor-in-chief and publisher of HerbalGram, an international peer-reviewed quarterly journal. And we will talk about herbs and some current issues. He's the author of two wonderful reference books. I'll put links to those in the archives of today's show. And I'm just so happy to have you with us, Mark. Thank you for taking the time.
3: Well, good morning, Marty. And thank you for including me in your discussions with herb and uh, natural product uh, people. So I'm grateful to be here.
1: Well, I know we always learn a lot when you're on. We don't have you on often enough. I ask folks, I ask For a few bullet points, just to make sure I cover things that are important that Mark knows about. And one he put in there was a question, are you still the ugliest herbalist in Austin? And I have to tell you, that was just a really big joke because, first of all, he's a beautiful person on the inside, just a wonderful human being as far as I'm concerned. But the the outside isn't so bad either. I put a link to Mark's biography and a photo in the archives of today's show, so you can go and see what I'm talking about. Well, Mark, I in trying to set up this interview, I accidentally called your cell phone not knowing you were in London at a conference. Is that conference something that we would find interesting?
3: Uh, probably not, but I'll give you the 30-second elevator speech Okay. So. Elevator just to a short, in a short building. It was called uh, Advances in Pharmacovigilance in Herbal Medicines. It was held at the Royal Botanical Gardens at Kew, which is one of the oldest and largest botanical gardens and research, um, uh, plant research centers in the world. Uh, it was the head of England when it was in its empire stage. Uh, you know, grabbed plants for all over the world when they had their empire and brought them back for conservation and research. The term pharmacovigilance is a term used in uh, conventional medicine and pharmacy. It literally means vigilance about adverse effects of medicine, whether those medicines are um, conventional medicines like pharmaceutical drugs or, in this case, herbal medicines. What are the adverse effects? How are they reported? To whom are they reported? How are they mod- How are they compiled? What's the uh, ability to access that information? And, and the real big question is how reliable is the information that gets, that gets reported? And so my speech dealt with the, the issue of reliability because many, first of all, most herbs sold in the natural products market in the U.S. and as dietary or food supplements worldwide and as herbal medicines, depending on the regulatory system of the country, most herbs are very safe because they've come down to us through the laboratory of human experience for not just hundreds of years, but literally thousands of years. People have used herbs and medicinal plant products over time for one basic reason, because they work and people got benefit from them, and they were relatively safe. But not all uh, plant materials are safe, and not all herbal products are safe for everyone, because there's issues regarding if someone is pregnant or somebody has allergies or There's things called idiosyncratic reactions where just for unexplained reasons, somebody can have an adverse reaction, whether it be a headache or a stomach ache or a rash or sometimes even more serious issues, liver toxicity, et cetera. But in general, herbal products are generally safe, and that's one of the great uh, value propositions of using uh, herbal dietary supplements when appropriate.
1: The uh, critics would be... The critics would be quick to point out that hemlock is natural.
3: Correct. Hemlock is not sold as an herbal medicine in the uh, health food stores or online or, you know, in the drug stores or grocery stores. So, you know, it's, yeah, they, they point that out and that's what the critics do. But sometimes that's often based on a very you know, surface knowledge and inadequate training in this field.
1: Oh, for sure. And you've done your best that's over a really long time. Um, I think I've known you before there was an American Botanical Council and uh, going back into the early 80s, and you've done something remarkable. One of the books that you have been the author of is Herbal Medicine Expanded Commission E Monographs. Tell us a little bit about Commission E, because I think it points to one difference between how herbs are regulated in Germany versus the U.S.?
3: Okay, thank you. First of all, the Commission E is no longer very active in Germany because the review of the safety and the benefits of herbal medicines in Germany has been replaced in large part by the entire EU uh, process because of the, as, as the Western Europe and now Eastern parts of Eastern Europe have integrated their economies in many ways. And part of that integration of economies is evaluation of medicines, and that's happened at the European Medicines Agency, no longer at Commission E. But back in the day, starting in the late 1970s, going to the middle 1990s, so a little over uh, 15 or 18 years, the German government set up under what they would be the counterpart to our Food and Drug Administration, they set up the Commission E. This was an expert panel or expert committee of physicians, pharmacists, pharmacologists, pharmacognosists who are people who study drugs of natural origin, uh, whether they come from plant or animal, usually plants, people knowledgeable about the science and the clinical value of different herbal medicines. And they accepted this Commission E, there were different commissions for different issues, but the Commission E dealt with herbal medicines to evaluate the different herbal products sold in pharmacies at that time in Germany, not the ones in health food stores, and determining whether those herbs were a safe uh, or needed some kind of guidance, like for pregnancy or lactation warnings or allergy warnings or whatever. And to what extent one or more uses, one or more documented clinical therapeutic benefits could be substantiated by the available literature of, uh, that was published at that time, and also not only published in scientific journals, but also unpublished data uh, given to them by companies that were doing research uh, in-house and not publishing it in journals. Bottom line is the Commission E approved about 200 different herbs as legitimate over-the-counter medicines for at least one or more indication or therapeutic benefits. And the commission e monographs, which my organization, the American Botanical Council in Austin, translated from the German and published for the first time in a comprehensive book and database now on our website um, so the world can see this. Uh, the commission e published these monographs, these technical uh, one or two page papers that basically outline the definition of the herbal medicine, uh, its dosage, its safety. The contraindications or side effects, if some were known. The drug interactions, if any, were known. The, the government-approved use or uses, which is something that we didn't have here in the U.S., we still don't. We don't have government-approved uses of herbs in general as medicines, except for a few that are still approved as over-the-counter medicines. And these monographs were designed to be used as package inserts into herbal medicinal products sold in pharmacies, in order for pharmacists, physicians, and consumers to have guidance as to the responsible uh, use of these products.
1: Well, in the U.S., if you, uh, for the most part, if you imply on your product or a package insert that the herb has a benefit, you're in trouble because you're making a drug claim. Um, I'd like to get a little more into the regulation in the U.S., but... Uh, music means we're coming up on a break here, and when we come back, I want to circle back and start at a real basic level because we have, I'm sure, new listeners who haven't been following the show for years and might just want to know what exactly is classified as an herb. We'll be right back with my guest, the herbalist extraordinaire, Mark Blumenthal. Please stay with us. This is Healthy by Nature.
4: Fermented nutrition is vital to our well-being, but often missing from our daily diet. Introducing Kimchi One by BrightCore Nutrition. Kimchi One harnesses the power of kimchi, the most nutrient-dense fermented food on the planet. High in vitamins A, B, C, and K, fiber, calcium, phosphorus, folate, and unique probiotics only found in kimchi. Kimchi has been shown to improve gut health, mood, focus and memory, hair health and growth, quality and appearance of skin. Kimchi is exploding in the health world as a leading anti-aging superfood. When kimchi was introduced to human cells in a test tube, it actually slowed the aging process. Now you can get all the benefits of kimchi in a convenient capsule form from Kimchi One. Call now at 888 888- or learn more online at trykimchinow.com.
5: Are you living with chronic pain from injury or the degeneration of aging? Knee, hip, shoulder and back surgeries can be risky, expensive even with insurance and entail long painful recoveries. Steroid shots give only temporary relief and can damage joints. Thankfully, our creator blessed us with stem cells. They are the amazing power that built our bodies and fixed problems fast when we were kids. Stem cells reduce inflammation, regenerate tissue anywhere in the body, and balance immune function. Call 800-507-6509 today.
6: Do your current probiotics offer diversity? The primary goal of your probiotics is to help create and maintain a healthy gut microbiome. We often think more is better, but taking high doses of 50 or 100 billion probiotics can work against you. The most important factor is diversity, not quantity. Look for a formula that has multiple strains of probiotic flora expertly fermented to contain postbiotic metabolites, which have been shown to help digestive and immune health, our gut brain function, and more. The worldwide leader in fermented postbiotic health? Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics, the number one probiotics in the world for direct delivery of postbiotics. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics uses a multi year fermentation with 12 proven probiotic strains producing over 500 postbiotic metabolites. Certified vegetarian and free of gluten, allergens, and GMOs. So say no to quantity and yes to diversity. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available online and at natural health retailers nationwide.
0: Dr. O'Hara's probiotics has been a proud sponsor of the Healthy by Nature show for well over a decade.
1: My guest today is Mark Blumenthal. He is an herbalist and among other impressive distinctions is the founder and executive director of the American Botanical Council. And I'll ask more about that later in the program. But I want to kind of bring everybody along with us. And I posed a question before the break. Pretty simple stuff. But exactly what is an herb? I've heard that a weed is an herb that just hasn't found a use yet.
3: That's, that's the old definition of weed, a plant that we haven't found a use for yet. Uh, well, functionally speaking, an herb is a plant or plant part used for food, for spice and flavoring, or medicinal or some other ritualistic or other, uh, other benefit or purpose. So it could be the leaf, the flower, the stem, the fruit, the seed, the, the bark, the root, uh, or combinations of that, either fresh or dried or uh, powdered or extracted in water. That's how we get coffee and tea. They're basically water extracts or extracted in some form of alcohol, like ethanol, to make a tincture or a fluid extract. And there's more sophisticated pharmaceutical type ways of extraction where they can concentrate or standardize the certain chemical compounds that are in the extract naturally uh, in order to, do that for quality control purposes and or for sometimes therapeutic benefits. So it's a a wide range of plant products and and also fungi, which are mushrooms and mycelia from uh, fungi, which are not not plants. The DNA of fungus and fungi are more closely related to animals and humans than they are to plants. But functionally speaking, uh, fungi like reishi mushroom I've said from maitake mushroom, shiitake mushroom, and the the big uh, uh, popularity that the mushrooms, the functional mushrooms are getting right now are functionally classed as herbal products, but botanically and zoologically and biologically, scientifically, they are not plants, obviously.
1: And not all fungus are good. We have, as a sponsor on this show and a frequent guest, Doug Kaufman, who talks about the the mycotoxins produced by mold and and some fungus. But, um, yeah, there's different types with different effects. And you mentioned spices. I mean, people don't usually think of pesto as medicinal, but, uh, you know, your food can be your medicine, especially if you include spices with good effects.
3: Um, Yeah, Absolutely. Back in the 1970s, I published a little chart, which has gotten very popular, the idea has gotten popular, called Kitchen Cabinet Medicine. I think it was the first one to do that, and now there's been books on this kind of thing, where we look at some of the traditional, historical, and modern uses of various common foods and spices as medicine. And these would include garlic and ginger and turmeric uh, uh, and many others that have been used historically— uh as both food flavoring, food preservatives, as well as medicines. And it's really sometimes a function of just how much you're going to use and what 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 its uses. But technically speaking, or you know, plants have all kinds of properties. And uh people have learned over hundreds and in some cases thousands of years, you know, how to use these plants responsibly uh, and safely for a variety of cultural uses of food and uh, medicine being two of the primary ones.
1: I was impressed with the the uh, Commission E in Germany because they did recognize the safety and usefulness, the effectiveness, and then just put guardrails around how to do it the right way. The FDA in the U.S. seems to pretend that herbs, supplements in general, really are neither safe nor effective. I find that kind of funny in that a very high percentage of pharmaceutical drugs started out as an herb. Um, I just a little personal story here. Decades ago, I was representing the, the nutrition industry, debating the FDA in a congressional hearing before the Appropriations Committee, I had to use a dolly to wheel in the stack of banker boxes of the science just on garlic, and they were unimpressed. Um, I hate to be a cynic, but is the FDA's attitude about herbs and supplements because of their very close relationship with big pharma?
3: Well, there's, there's obviously that issue, especially on the side that's the. Uh, the Center for the, the Drug side, and there's the food side, the, S- the Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition, which deals with herbs because there's dietary supplements which are technically under the law, which you helped the lobby for back, back in the 1990s. Um, the herbs and dietary supplements are technically foods under the law, not drugs. Uh, however, if you make a drug claim, if you make a disease prevention or disease treatment or cure claim, you are basically classifying, unintentionally perhaps, your product as a, a drug. Uh, but you can make what they're called structure function claims because food is known by definition to alter the structure or function of the body. So herbal products can make structure function claims. They cannot make drug claims. What's the difference? Uh, we can say that uh, garlic helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, but you can't say that garlic... Uh, can be effective to reduce hypertension. Uh, One is a structure function dealing with healthy uh, blood pressure levels, which is a function of the body. The other one, hypertension, can be considered a disease state. So part of it is parsing the language. And by the way, speaking of language, you mentioned that uh, many herbs have been used as pharmaceutical drugs. The word drug itself has an herbal origin. It comes from an old Dutch word droog, which means to dry, just like the word drought. So just like drought is a dry weather period, a droog, a drug was a dried plant that was dried and saved for use as a medicine. So the whole concept behind drug, once upon a time, dealt with dried plants for medicine. It's changed now, obviously, but that's the way, that's where it comes from. I think it's interesting to look at our culture and our history to see where things come from because it can be very illuminating.
1: I think part of the reason for the dependence in the U.S. on pharmaceutical drugs versus natural approaches is that the natural approaches are usually not just a single pill it's always to be accompanied by some change in behavior and people don't want to change anything they like the idea of i'll just swallow this pill and I'll, everything will be good um, yeah. which requires us it, to learn more if we're going to take advantage of all that nature offers us
3: yeah um, one of my favorite thing is that uh, you know, you have to be well educated. I mean, it's but the, but the the concept of self med, medication, which a lot of herbs and dietary supplements are taken by people based on the concept of self medication. They learn, they learn from their neighbor, they learn from their doctor, or they learn from their family members or on the internet in a book, articles, and they self medicate or they they self uh, select their diet and they choose their dietary. Uh, issues accordingly. But self-medication requires self-education. So if you're going to be self-medicating and taking herbs uh, and any supplements uh, for a variety of health purposes, whether they be uh, treatment-oriented or prevention and and robustness origin, I mean, a lot of the reason people take herbs and supplements is to increase their vitality, increase their robustness. It's not a drug-type model. It's not like they're trying to treat something. They're just trying to increase their immunity and their sense of general wellness. That requires a certain degree of education and responsibility.
1: I think you just spoke to what the mission of Healthy by Nature is. The reason we're here is to help people have the information that it takes to make changes and tap into the power of nature. And we're very appreciative of Mark Blumenthal, his knowledge, and what he's done for the Whole business of herbal products in the United States and really around the world. We'll talk more about um, the organization and so on. I want to ask when you come back, is there what's the most best selling herb and is there a wonderful herb that is underused? We'll be right back with Mark Blumenthal. This is Healthy by Nature. My name is Marty Whittakin. Please stay tuned.
7: of years, long before people knew why it worked. The practice may be ancient, but the convenience, technology, and affordability are new. That's why you should find out about the portable, speedy, and highly effective sauna from Momentum 98 click products on the menu of the hbnshow.com website for details to save a hundred dollars use the code hbn if you have questions or would prefer to place your order directly with phil wilson call 626-200-8454 that's 626-200-8454
8: hello healthy by nature fans this is doug kaufman you know i've been a fan of marty widdekin's radio show for over a decade And Marty's been a frequent guest on my television show called Know the Cause. Marty discusses issues and solutions from one perspective and as many of you know, I have chosen the road less traveled, the road that teaches us about mold, mildew, and fungus, and the poisons that fungi make. The problem with fungus, however, is deeper because our doctors don't really learn much about it in medical training. Well, little skin problems, vaginal yeast, seborrheic dermatitis, but that's about it, They don't really understand this fungus can grow in the lungs and the kidney and the liver, even in our brains and on our skin. That's what I delve into on my TV show called Know the Cause. You can visit me on knowthecause.com or if you have a question twice a week now, I have a platform on my own website, Know the Cause TOO. So many of you have questions about mold, mildew and fungus. That's what Know the Cause 2 and the TV show Know the Cause are all about.
2: Indigestion drugs offer temporary pain relief, but they can have serious side effects and they don't fix the cause. Marty Whittakin, author of Natural Alternatives to Nexium and a book about aloe, recommends Lily of the Desert stomach formula. For many centuries, aloe vera has been known to improve digestion and heal the digestive tract. Lily of the Desert Stomach Formula is made from organic leaves and is enriched with Alosorb, sorb, a patented aloe concentrate. Aloe sorb ensures that all of the 200 bioactive components of aloe benefit your body at their maximum level. In Lily of the Desert Stomach Formula, aloe vera is combined with stomach-friendly herbs such as peppermint, chamomile, ginger, and fennel. Not only is Lily of the Desert Stomach Formula safe and effective, its fringe benefits include boosting immune function, increasing the absorption of vitamin C, and regularity. Stomach Formula is now available in convenient 2-ounce shots. Clinically tested Lily of the Desert aloe products are available at all fine health food stores.
0: Subscribe to Marty's free newsletter at the Healthy by Nature show website, hbnshow.com, hbnshow.com.
1: My guest and longtime friend is Mark Blumenthal. He is the founder and executive director of the American Botanical Council and the author of the ABC Clinical Guide to Herbs. And there are links to that and to the other book that I mentioned in the description of today's show in the archives. You reach that by going to hbnshow.com. On the menu, select Radio Listen, and then from the archives, you just go to the date and there you will have a, a link to his bio, to the organization, and always, uh, useful information that comes out of these interviews. Well, still in kind of basic mode, I ask you, Mark, what is the best-selling herb? I know you have access to a tremendous amount of, of industry data. What does it show?
3: Okay, well, it depends on which market channel one is measuring. So every year for over 20 years, the American Botanical Council, <clears throat> the nonprofit organization that I founded in 1988, we published the annual herb market report, which is probably one of our most widely read and referenced articles. It's referenced in uh, medical journals and scientific journals, et cetera. And we look at the different market data that we're able to get with some of our collaborators, and including the Natural Food Store Channel, versus the mainstream drugstore supermarket, which has some of the same herbs in the top 20 bestsellers, but often ranking differently because the consumers and and who buy their supplements in a grocery store will sometimes have different attitudes or different preferences than that uh, different consumer who buys their herbs in a health food store, et cetera. So some of the same herbs are in the top 20, but they may rank differently. In the Natural food market, the health food market, the top-selling herbal product uh, in 2021, so that's a year and four months ago ending, which is the last time we have the data for it. We haven't gotten the data for 2022 yet, but it's only April. The top-selling herbal product was CBD, cannabidiol from hemp, um, which is not, by the way, at this time, uh, approved or acknowledged by the Food and Drug Administration as a legitimate dietary supplement or dietary ingredient. Uh, they have punted and kicked that can down the road several times, including recently regarding the appropriate regulation for that material. The next best-selling herbal product in the dietary supplement of uh, the natural food stores is turmeric. And turmeric extracts uh, standard, uh, standardized to high levels of Curcumin, uh, one of the compounds in turmeric, or groups of compounds in turmeric, that are, makes it so uh, useful for us as an anti-inflammatory. And here's an interesting uh, example of a common spice used for curry, a common food that's been used for thousands of years in India and Asia. And it's one of the best-selling herbs in the market. Number three in the health food stores in 2021 was elderberry, which was a uh, number one number two the year before and that's because of a lot of pandemic related buying where consumers were looking at elderberry because of its reputation with some clinical trials showing its benefits in helping to either prevent or reduce the symptoms associated with some upper respiratory tract infections. Although it had not been tested in COVID specifically, many consumers rushed to the stores and online to buy elderberry products. Uh, and products claiming to contain elderberry, there's been some adulteration and mislabeling in that area. Uh, but in the last couple of years, elderberry, which has been popular for the last number of years, shot up to the very close to the very top. And that, a lot of that is pandemic-related buying habits or, or, or buying impulses.
1: Oh, so, I love
3: ashwagandha, by the way. Ashwagandha is number four in health, mm-hmm. foods, which came almost out of nowhere in the last five years and has become a globally recognized the herb from India, one of the top herbs in Ayurveda, you know, that many people didn't even know how to pronounce or even know anything about it five years ago.
1: Both of those last two, the elderberry and the ashwagandha, are in my remedy kit, the first aid kit that I have in the library on Healthy by Nature's website for colds and flu. And I always recommend people get them ahead of time and have them handy because you're going to feel bad at 10 o'clock on Friday night and your health food store is going to be closed. Um, I I have one problem with elderberry. I got the elderberry gummies because I thought, well, that'd be a good idea. Except that I sat down and ate half the bottle at one time because they tasted too good. Um,
3: well, you know, you should follow you know, your own practical advice because that's probably not considered responsible usage of any diet. No, dieting.
1: I don't recommend it. I just confess to it. Yeah.
3: Right, you're confessing, and I'm not going to shame you because that's not my place here. But you know what I'm saying, because just like with uh, just like with conventional pharmaceutical over-the-counter medicines, uh, which most herbs are not, the idea of use as directed and follow directions makes a lot of sense. And it goes back to the previous discussion we had in a previous segment about self-medication requiring self-education, and part of self-education includes using products wisely and responsibly.
1: Yes, and I I mentioned in an opening segment that not all the stations hear last week that one of the TV commercials called my attention to a, a product that I find a little scary, and that's a laxative gummy. If they taste too good, people are just going to be tempted to eat more than they should, and if children get into it, watch out. I Um, guess
3: it would depend on what type of laxative we're talking about. If it's a bulk laxative, like psyllium, you'd probably have a relatively high degree of safety. uh, If it's a stimulant laxative like Senna. Yeah, it was.
1: It it was Senna.
3: And Senna, there's FDA over-the-counter drug monographs where Senna is approved as safe and effective over-the-counter drug laxative because it stimulates peristalsis in the, in the, in the large intestine and it helps uh, uh, you know, move the fecal matter. But the issue is that there are limits to the daily dose of Senna. And you see this on every package of Senna, uh, like the SennaCot, which is the leading uh, branded product, but you see various kinds of, of uh, generic Senna products. And I believe it's 8.5 milligrams of SennaCides A and B per dose, and you're supposed to limit your dosage to two or three tablets or whatever it is per day over so many hours. So with stimulant laxatives, people need to be careful about the dosage because you can stimulate. And one other thing is you don't want to use stimulant laxatives like Senna, which is very safe and effective. You don't want to use it over Longer long a period of time because it can create laxative dependence. So stimulant laxatives are for short-term use, not long-term use, whereas bulk laxatives like psyllium are useful and safe for long-term.
1: I had another question I said I was going to ask, and that's about a wonderful herb that is underutilized. And if I ask you that, and I think I did a couple of years ago, I believe you said ashwagandha. Well, apparently that's come out of the shadows. Is there something else that you would want to call our attention to?
3: Sure. You want to wait till it breaks?
1: Well, you can give it to us now and expand afterwards.
3: Rhodiola, one of my favorites.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about it when we come back. And We'll talk about the American Botanical Council and the resources that you have. This is Healthy by Nature, Marty Whittakin, here with Mark Blumenthal.
9: As you probably know, bacteria causes dental cavities. You may not be aware that most dental issues are due to bacteria and other harmful microorganisms. For example, they cause receding gums, failed root canals, and failed implants. Fortunately, there is a potent new tool in this battle ozone ozone is created from oxygen by an electrical charge ozone kills bacteria viruses fungi and parasites on contact however when ozone contacts healthy cells it becomes useful hydrogen peroxide or plain oxygen
5: Call 800-507-6509 today.
8: Hello, Healthy by Nature fans. This is Doug Kaufman. You know, I've been a fan of Marty Whittakin's radio show for over a decade, and Marty's been a frequent guest on my television show called Know the Cause. Marty discusses issues and solutions from one perspective, and as many of you know... I have chosen the road less traveled, the road that teaches us about mold, mildew and fungus and the poisons that fungi make. The problem with fungus, however, is deeper because our doctors don't really learn much about it in medical training. Well, skin problems, vaginal yeast, seborrheic dermatitis, but that's about it, They don't really understand this fungus can grow in the lungs and the kidney and the liver, even in our brains and on our skin. That's what I delve into on my TV show called Know the Cause. You can visit me on knowthecause.com Or if you have a question twice a week now, I have a platform on my own website, Know the Cause, T-O-O. So many of you have questions about mold, mildew, and fungus. That's what Know the Cause 2 and the TV show Know the Cause are all about.
0: Subscribe to Marty's free newsletter at the Healthy by Nature show website hbnshow.com hbnshow.com
1: Mark Blumenthal is an herbal expert and activist in the herbal space respected around the world for his leadership in publishing information about herbs and supporting the research and proper and Responsible usage And um, before the break You mentioned an herb, rhodiola That was one of your favorites Tell us about that, please
3: Sure, rhodiola is An herb that is Classified in a group Known as adaptogens Adaptogens are herbs that help the body Adapt to different types Of stress, whether it's heat Or cold, or fatigue And, and set energy, energy use Etc Ginseng, Asian ginseng and American ginseng are classified by herbal pharmacologists and pharmacognosists as adaptogens. Ashwagandha, which we talked about a moment ago, which is one of the most respected herbs in the 3,000-year-old plus uh, tradition of, of uh, Ayurvedic herbs in India. Uh, ashwagandha is known as an adaptogen. Rhodiola rosea, rhodiola is an adaptogen. It's the root of a plant that grows uh, in the uh, northern hemisphere, up in the cold climates in the Arctic in the Arctic Circle, so they we have it in Scandinavia, northern Russia, uh, Alaska, Canada, etc. And recently, it was just classified as an herb that uh, has some sustainability and conservation-related issues because whenever you're harvesting a plant, by the and you're using the root as opposed to the leaf or the flower or the berry, which is a much more Uh, sustainably harvestable plant part, when you're taking the root, uh, in most cases, you have to kill the plant uh, to to harvest the root. Uh, There's some cases where you don't have to do that if you split the root and keep some in the ground. However, so there's sustainability issues on rhodiola, so I need to be careful about seemingly wanting to promote it, but there are sustainable sources of supply in the industry uh, internationally where there are people growing uh, rhodiola in Canada and other parts of the world to meet the growing demand for this herb. And the clinical research on rhodiola shows that it helps people um, withstand fatigue and or um, recover from fatigue and related forms of stress. Uh, so I, I personally, and I'm not saying everybody should go out and take this, but I personally have taken rhodiola daily as part of my daily dietary supplement regimen. Along with Asian ginseng and some other herbs that I take, uh, not to treat any illness, but as a way to help increase my vitality and my robustness.
1: There is a stark contrast, I think, between that people may not appreciate unless we point it out between an adaptogen, which in the body means going toward normal. So if something's too high, it tends to lower it. If it's too low, it tends to raise it. Pharmaceuticals tend to have one direction of action. And if you take something that lowers your blood pressure, if you take enough of it, it will lower it to zero, which would not be a good thing. Um, So adaptogens are very good for routine use because they are normalizing. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, And
3: one of the definitions of adaptogens is that they're a safe safe material that helps normalize uh, body processes. So there's a significant degree of safety in adaptogens. If there's not, the herb would not be considered an adaptogen.
1: Excellent. Um, What are some of the biggest concerns for the herbal industry? You just mentioned one about the sustainability. You don't want to use up the entire supply um, and earlier you hinted at contamination and uh, improper uh, identification. You buy a bottle thinking it's one thing and it's something else. Speak to that, please, and how.
3: My organization, yeah, my organization, the American Botanical Council, has two major international projects on these two issues: sustainability and adulteration and fraud separate but uh, very important issues. On sustainability, we have what's called the Sustainable Herbs Program, Sustainable Herbs Program, and that's available on the Internet. Anybody can go and type that into Google, Sustainable Herbs Program. It goes to the SHP portion of our website, and everything on the Sustainable Herbs Program portion of the American Botanical Council website at HerbalGram.org is free access. It has over 50 or 60 videos that we have produced help answer the question, do you know where your herbs come from, and do you know why it's important? And what we do is we look at the value network. We don't call it supply chain. We call it value network because it's not linear. It's very multifaceted, so it's a network, and we call it value, not just supply because it involves the people at different places along the value network, going back to the people who harvested that herb in the forest or the field or in the desert, or who grew that herb and separated some of the herbal, uh, uh, the, the, the desirable and active parts of that herb uh, from, the, from the whole plant. So it's about the people and the plants and the planet. Sustainable Herbs Program on the ABC website lots of videos it's a fascinating journey into where do plants come from and how do we use them and who are the people that, that, that make them available to
1: us. excellent i will put i will find that and put in the archives a direct link so people don't have to look around too hard and uh, we'll have three minutes when we come back i'm going to devote virtually all of that to you to tell us about uh, herbal graham and the american botanical council because Congratulations. Next year will be your 50th anniversary. Folks, stay with us. This is Healthy by Nature. I'm Marty Wakeham. We're talking herbs today with the legendary Mark Blumenthal.
6: Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. We put the power in probiotics. We were the first to emphasize the importance of postbiotic metabolites in creating and maintaining the biodiversity of flora in the gut microbiome for optimal digestion, gut, brain, immune, and hormonal health. Multi-year fermentation is key in producing the postbiotic metabolites that are found in exceptional probiotics like Dr. Ohira's probiotics. Healthy fruits and vegetables are fermented, resulting in over 500 postbiotic metabolites for optimum digestive and immune support. So don't rely on a simple claim that the product has 50 billion or more CFUs. That is not the hallmark of how to gauge a powerful probiotic. Instead, look for diversity, look for fermentation, look for postbiotics, look for Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics are certified vegetarian and free of gluten, allergens, and GMOs. Get Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics today at fine health retailers everywhere and online.
2: Wouldn't you like to eliminate bacteria, odors, dust, pollen, pet dander, and other allergens from the air in your home and office?
4: Collagen accounts for 30% of your body's protein. It provides structure, support, or strength to your skin, muscles, bones, and connective tissues. Collagen is what keeps our skin from sagging, giving us that plump, youthful look. It also provides amino acids that can be used to build hair and helps fight damage to hair follicles. Revived by BrightCore Nutrition combines five types of collagen with the moisturizing power of hyaluronic acid and biotin to heal and nourish your skin, hair, and nails. Scientific studies have shown that collagen stimulates cartilage growth, providing support for the growth and repair of cartilage tissues, as well as relieve joint inflammation and pain. Heal your body from the inside out. Discover your fountain of youth today with Revive from BrightCore Nutrition. Visit us at MyBrightCore.com or call today at 888-958-5331 and get up to 50% off your first order. That's 888-958-5331.
0: Sign up for podcasts or listen to past programs on our website hbnshow.com. hbnshow.com.
1: I have been delighted to have Mark Blumenthal with us today and if we had more time I'd ask about kudzu which I think is a remarkable uh, a pest that actually has benefits and uh, the different kinds of cinnamon but We'll save that for another time. Just a quick note before I give the talking stick back to Mark. The um, archives at hbnshow.com. Select radio, listen from the, the menu. And I will have links in there to the books and to the magazines and to the things we've talked about today. And um, Mark, I, I, I want you to tell us a little bit about how people can benefit from Herbal Graham and American Botanical Council and whatever else you'd like to, thoughts you'd like to leave us with.
3: Well, thank you, Marty. And thank you for having me on your show. It's always nice to talk with you. Uh, We've known each other for for 30, 30 years or more now, 35 years, maybe. Something like that. Do I dare say 40? Speaking of that, yes, my organization is now, uh, going into being the 35th anniversary as a leading independent nonprofit research and education organization. We've been called an international herbal medicine think tank. We're out of Austin, Texas, where we occupy a beautiful two and a half acre historic site with a 165 year old home on it. It's our main office. We have members in over 80 countries around the world. Our members include academic researchers, health professionals, uh, Industry members, government agencies, botanical gardens, all kinds of different groups of people that are serious about research on herbs and medicinal plants. Um, We have a fantastically robust website that we've been collating information for 35 years at herbalgram.org. Herbalgram is our website and our award-winning peer-reviewed magazine. It's published like Scientific American or National Geographic this beautiful color, four-color photography about herbs, and all the information is been, has been checked out and fact-checked by expert peer reviewers, so we publish it like a scientific journal. Everything is referenced, and everything is accurate, responsible, and authoritative. Uh, so we have a good time with herbs. Our herbogram is 40 years old this summer, and this is almost my 50th year doing this, and I'm having a great time learning about herbs and medicinal plants and sharing that information with Anybody who wants to know, and there's millions of people that want to know.
1: Well, I encourage anyone who can to not only visit the site, but to become a member and subscribe to HerbalGram and continue learning how you can help yourself and your loved ones with herbs and do so responsibly and support this natural effort. Mark, thank you so much. We'll do this again and hopefully not wait so long. Keep up the great work. Thanks, folks.
0: Healthy by Nature is sponsored in part by Lily of the Desert Alloceuticals.
1: If you are bothered by heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, this heads up may be a lifesaver. Millions think an acid-blocking drug has fixed their problem. Unfortunately, those medicines shut down digestion and, if taken for more than a few weeks, can lead to dementia, hip fracture, heart attack, kidney disease, and so on. Please learn how to fix the root cause of the problem so that you can avoid those dangerous pills. I'm Marty and Certified Clinical Nutritionist. In my book, Natural Alternatives to Nexium and Other Acid Blockers, I explain that there are safe solutions to stomach pain that work with your body to improve digestion and heal damaged tissues. I made the book easy to read, but it is so well documented in science that you can share it with your doctor. Natural Alternatives to Nexium and Other Acid Blockers is available in some libraries and bookstores. Look for a direct link to Amazon on the shop page of hbnshow.com.